everyone to the Kingdom REI Podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, and this is the podcast for Christians all over the country, the world. Jared, we're, we're everywhere, man. For those who want to crush it in business uh, and really leverage their business, their profits uh, for the kingdom of God, for his glory, and uh, we're going to be unashamed about that. And we got a brother in the house today who is unashamed about all those things, about God, about uh, really doing well, and he's absolutely crushing it, and just has a uh, an incredible model called Impact Cash Flow, and the name alone, man, gives me juice to talk about. So, without further ado, let me introduce Jared Gaudi. How are you, brother? Good, brother. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah, yeah I'm man. excited to get into all of it. Get Where are you see. located? I'm on Camino Island, Washington. Yeah. Is it an island? It is an island. You can drive onto it on a little bridge, though. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a it's it's a little slice of heaven. We don't like to talk about too much. Uh, you know, we're about an hour north of <laughs> Seattle. We get about three months less rain than Seattle does per year. No so. kidding. Yeah. Well, is it close to like Orca Orcas Island? Yeah, Orcas Island. I can hop on a boat and be there in twenty minutes. Yep. Wow, this is cool. So this is a great. This is a, a little nugget for me to write down, man. What's it called again? Camano Island. C A M A N O. Okay. All right, I'm gonna check this out. Um, and so your business impact cash flow, dude, before we get into this, man, I want to know, just kind of, you you know, tell our audience, so we know where you're at and I want to get into just kind of, you know, what you're doing in business, what's going on. Cause you're in the world of real estate, which I love. You got cash flow in your name, which people are going to love, but who's Jared? Tell us about yourself, kind of season of life you're in right now. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Well, um, First of all, I would say that I, I keep a contract with myself. So I would, if you ask me who I am, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm a courageous and faithful man who takes God at his word and is obedient to whatever he calls me to do. That's who I am first. Um, second of all, you know, my wife and I have been together for about 20 years, married for 14. Uh, we've got two little boys. They're eight and 10 years old, excuse me, nine and 10 years old. My boy just turned nine last week. Yeah, he would, he would yeah. He would, he would, you call him eight years old? I can, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So they're nine and ten now, and uh, we homeschool them. Um, and my, that's my that's my wife's passion. My passion has been business for about a about a decade. Well, my whole life, but about a decade, I've been in business for myself in real estate. Um, and we really we really live a life by design and, and just follow what God has for us. And that's how we ended up where we're at. That's cool, man. So Jerry's been a part of more than 400 real estate transactions over the past 10 years. And uh, right now you specialize in building a portfolio of single family homes for the purpose of addiction, recovery, housing, and sharing the transformation God has given him wherever he goes. I'm curious, Jared, is, is addiction recovery part of your story? Um, I would say a very, very small part. I would say, you know, there's, there's plenty of things without getting too deep into it. I've had addictions that, uh, that haven't exactly impacted my life, like the people in our houses, um, uh, like, the, like Todd, who's behind me, our property manager, uh, like, a, like a lot of people I haven't had life altering um, a relationship with drugs and alcohol, but uh, um, very much so in, um, in our community here north of Seattle and, and, and friends and family. I've had over 40 people that I went to high school with die, uh, half of those from drug addiction. So, um, so yeah, it's interwoven into my family and very, very apparent uh, everywhere around us and just a, a, a battle of our times, I think, and of our generation. So, so it's near and dear to my heart, but it hasn't necessarily been part of my battle. 
Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. Well, dude, let me just pray for us, man, get into this, because there, there's there's a ton a ton here, and I'll, I'm excited for people to hear about what you're doing. So let me just pray. God, we give you thanks. Thanks for Jared. Uh, thanks for his business, his presence there in, in Washington. Um, and we just lift this time up to you. Pray that you would bless it, you would anoint it, you would bring out what we need to hear to motivate, to challenge, to encourage us, uh, encourage us to uh, have the impact you've called us to have through our business, through our family, um, through our personal testimony. And, uh, and so I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Dude, so tell us kind of in the market right now what Impact Cashflow is about, what you guys are doing in, in, in your local community. Yeah, I love it, man. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how fast God has moved this from our community to kind of nationwide. So, uh, at first the, the first house kind of found us, um, on, on a Monday. So, um, Mondays are service days in my business. My church always took Monday off. So I took Monday off and just to serve people, wasn't looking for anything in business, anything for myself. So I served people and I'd take five people and I would, I would just give my time to them that day. And I called my friend Andrea one Monday and she's like, actually, I got this house in Marysville, the town that I grew up in, that this nonprofit Oxford House wants to rent. Um, uh, she's like, if you know a buyer, that'd be amazing. And I'm like, well, give me the rundown. Give me the, give me the details. Let's, let's check it out. Um, and so we started checking it out. And my first take was it was probably the nicest house on the market in Marysville. Um, $350,000 median market at the time. And it's $600,000 house up on the hill with a gorgeous view, 4,000 square feet. My first take was like, so you're, you're the Todd actually who's behind me was the guy who worked for the Oxford house at the time. And he's like, I was like, so you're, you're telling me we're going to, you're going to buy this $600,000 house in this neighborhood and you're going to move, you're going to move drug addicts into it. You know, I need you to make sense of that for me. And, um, I mean, that's where it kind of started, like just like my relationship with Christ started was just with, with, with a bunch of questions. So I'm like, I'm just dive in. I'm like, dude, what do you guys do? Who are you? I need to see more of these houses. I need to see the ins and outs of it. And then once I had kind of bought into their mission, Oxford House is really amazing at what they do. Once I kind of bought into their mission, realized that they work with investors. They're paying pretty well for this house that we're looking at. Um, I met up with my partner who I've been talking to for quite a while and um you know, really it came down to like, where else do you guys need these and where can we help? And then, I mean, overnight we were in five States and had bought 15 houses before we could blink. It feels like. So, wow. um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where Is we that started. The current iteration of what you do right now. Yeah. Yeah. We buy houses and lease them to the Oxford house. We're in uh, now we're in eight States. We're focused in Florida because they really need us there. Uh, Florida, South Carolina are kind of our current focuses um, where they really need investors. And we started designing our business model to go where they need us and where our numbers work. So they find a lot of people who are, who are kind of profiteers, right. Who will just like be slumlords and, um, and kind of, and, and beat them up in multiple directions. And we looked at, at how can, how can we have Jesus at the forefront of what we're doing, be really good stewards of these houses, be really good, you know, good helpers and, and partners to the Oxford house. And that's how we approach it is we want to be a great partner. So we look at going wherever they need us to go. Uh, we stay unemotional about the numbers. They kind of know where we, where we have to be to continually raise capital and keep that coming. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what we do. So who is Oxford Capital? Oxford, Oxford House is, um, Oxford they're a national House. nonprofit. Yeah. So they're a national nonprofit who, um, like I said, they do addiction recovery houses. They lease out 3,100 homes nationwide. Um, 
and they uh, they're the, they're the biggest and best in the in the business. They're they're about um, self reliance. They're about uh, they basically have a run a democratic system within each house where everybody's got to say everybody's got to pay their own way. They got to do their chores. They got to um, you know they have to keep up on stuff or they don't live there. So they're they're amazing at what they do and they work with investors all over the country um and that's that's them wow that's awesome man so that's great here so you found essentially a partnership where they essentially they can take care of helping you find the people to put into the houses that you're buying so tell me a little about your business model you'll go and purchase the house with your investors like you have a group of investors that are helping you purchase these houses and you master lease it to the oxford house correct yep Yep, that's exactly right. So we, um, you know, we work we work with a, most of mo, most of the beginning houses. My partner and I put together with our own capital. Um, you know, we got to, I think we got to like eight million in assets on our own capital, and then uh, and then basically sold that model um, uh, to to investors. Put together a syndication fund, which is not necessarily normal for single family homes, but with the need that they that we had that we have within Oxford house within addiction recovery around the country, we felt like we had to. So put together a fund and started raising money. So did you, this is awesome. Uh, this is why I love just getting the, get on the call. So did you had raised any money for like private equity in the past? Honestly, just, just for like my own flips, I just done a bunch of partnerships, you know, okay, so with you guys at church before. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I'd done, I'd done some flips and some new builds and some development plays where I put mobile homes on them and, you know, just, just speculative build kind of stuff on, in, in my backyard. We, my mom and I run a brokerage together, a small brokerage here in Washington state. So I kind of started from, from that. And, um, you know, I really, a, a while ago, I think it's funny how, how, how God can just grow a vision. It's, well, I don't think it's funny. I think it's freaking amazing, frankly. Um, but he grew my vision from, I was like, I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to make passive income somehow, some way in real estate so that I can sing at church and that I can show people that you don't have to be a financial burden on the church. Um, and you can still serve your face off. Like you can be there all the time and you don't have to, you don't have to get paid by the church. There's way, there's ways where we can be an apostle in the market and a priest in the, in the church. Like there's, there's ways where we can make that happen. And it's crazy to see like what he's done with, with that heart of that 29 year old kid. I feel like looking back on it right now. Um, but that's where it started. I was like, I want to make passive income and serve. And now we get to do both. It's crazy. How did you, when you went out to go raise that, I mean, did you know how to go raise a syndication fund? No, but Travis did. So that's okay. God timing too. My, my business partner, that's kind of where he came in. He's like his, his businesses have, have, have taken off. We're, we're his, we're his third company and he's in his early thirties. Uh, one's a hedge fund. One's a very, very large, I don't know what you call it, a new age bank and cryptocurrency. Um, and you know, he's a, he's a pretty young guy and an awesome, awesome, humble man of God. And when we first started talking about this, he's like, dude, if we, um, my, he's like, he's like, my wife's uncles say that they owe their lives to the Oxford house. Like that's, that's a very real thing. And if they need investors all over the place, I'll make sure the money's coming forever. So that was, that was kind of how our relationship and that's partnership a good started. Start. That's yeah. a good start, right? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> when he says so, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's kind of how, that's kind of where we started. And he's, he's certainly held true to that. And then we've just been, you know, working on making, making systems to, uh, to continually buy these houses more and more. So, so, I mean, 
So you saw the model. You said, man, you started asking the questions. What was it about this model, man, that really said, I want to go all in on this? Honestly, like it was, like I said in my contract, I'm obedient man of God. When I feel him call, I'm going. And so it was, uh, it was just amazing timing. When I, when I was flipping houses and, and doing that kind of thing, I had um, contracting up here north of Seattle was pretty difficult. So uh, I started a general contracting company with some buddies from church and um, long story short, it, it wasn't working that great. You know, we were taking, we were taking too long. We weren't doing awesome. I, we, we were, uh, we were struggling to, to, to be a company and flip those, the profits at the back end weren't enough. And we were, we didn't design in enough time for things to get done. And it like, long story short, it wasn't working. So on the tail end of that kind of me knowing that that was drawing to an end and there were some very hard conversations about to be had and that we had to kind of go a different direction before we all ended up broke is kind of how I felt about it. At the end of that was when, you know, I went, I went to God just asking what's next and I'm going to listen, I'm going to pay attention. And that Monday when this house came up, uh, I met with Travis and we got our families together for the first time on Tuesday of that week. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't an accident. We started talking about this house and I was like, you know what? Like, this is, this is, they, they do need these things all over the place. They've been around since 1975. Oxford house isn't practicing anymore, you know? So I was like, yeah, I'm all in. I'll move, I'll move all my chips this, in this direction. If you, if you really think you can keep the money coming, I'll move my chips in this direction. So it was a pretty overnight decision. Um, but it was go time without a doubt. So that's awesome, man. Dude, I love the pivot when you, you see you see the opportunity, you feel the conviction, and you went for it. I mean, how much of a in terms of, you know, you had a family, a wife and kids at that point. I mean, how much was on the table? Like how much of that was, you know, oh crap, is this gonna work? I'm just curious. Like how much did you actually have to, you know, how much was at stake when you made that decision? Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always plenty at stake, but I feel like at that point in the journey, I had I had overcome so many of those thoughts that you just talked about, and we had overcome so many of those things as a family that you talked about. Um, I'm a guy who's 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 going to pour everything into a lot of things. Like I told you, I, I served at church like crazy. We we had been through um, what I would say we we you know we we were brought through the valley, right? And without a doubt, we'd seen some times that were lean. We'd seen some things. I poured years into some businesses and things at church and while doing real estate to kind of keep us afloat. And that, you know, I wasn't focused on business. I was focused on ministry and I didn't see uh, how the two could go together. Right. So I, we've been through a bunch of a bunch of manna, as I would say, a bunch of lean times yeah. um, to get us ready for that moment. And they weren't, we certainly weren't in the leanest of times at that, at that moment. So, like I said, we, we, I kind of saw some things coming with, uh, with what we were doing with the business and things like that. But that, that shift, I mean, as beautifully as I could say it, my wife, I, I could never say it that way, but my wife, when she decided that she was going to stay home with our kids in 2013, um, it was a leap of faith. We didn't, you know, we didn't make enough money to make that happen, but it was a leap of faith. She knew that she was called to that. And she literally said to me, uh, she goes, babe, I, I already know you've got some nice fishing poles and some nice guns. We got a sweet tent, like worst comes to worst. We're gonna, God's got us. We're going to be okay. And I was like, 
I was like, yeah, we're, you're, you're going to be better off than me fishing in the river for dinner. <laughs> like, we, you know, we got this, but that's the level of faith she has in God and in me. And, uh, that's awesome. Man. Some of that's rubbed off over time from her. That's amazing. Tell me about, and I know people are going to want to listen. Anybody else curious about, um, how this guy makes money renting, you know, houses out to, um, like you said, to drug addicts. I'm curious about the model. Like, how do you, I mean, let me ask you this. How important is profit? How important do you think profit is in business? I just had a long conversation about someone else. How important do you think profit is in business? I think it's extremely important. Extremely important. I feel like God, I feel like God calls us to prosper. This isn't like a, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a relationship with money that in, in the American church, I feel like is hurting. Um, and I, and I feel like God calls us to be the light in, in so many different ways and money, you know, it's, it's certainly not on, it's, it's just a resource that God has, but it's very, very important if you're going to be in business for yourself that you profit in my opinion. So, so to our company, it's not, uh, um, like I said, we're unemotional about the numbers. What we did is we, we had to, we had to get very clear on what numbers worked for us to grow the business and what numbers work for the Oxford house. So we're very clear with them when, even when we eyeball a property, I'm looking at four of them this morning, we've got offers out this morning. When we, when we're looking at a property, a property, Oxford house knows our numbers. Now the guys that we're working with on the ground um, that, that fill these houses up, they know our numbers, they know what we've got to hit. And so, um, but it's, it's very important, man. And in our fund, it's the same thing. We need to, like any other, like any other business built around a syndication model, we've got to make sure that uh, the fees are, are, are properly in there to keep us growing the business. So um, yeah, very, very important. I'm, I'm, I am extremely blessed. I'm pretty good at math, but I'm extremely blessed that Travis is on my team because I get to be genuinely unemotional about the numbers and he gets to tell me the numbers that work and I just keep hitting. Right. So, so how do you, be profitable in this i mean what is and what are you i'm curious like if you don't mind sharing kind of investor expectations and how you make this model work and and for because there's a lot of investors listening to this show and i'm curious like maybe you can share some glean some wisdom on man you have an incredible impact model right that is also cash flowing and is a profitable business how do you make that a win-win yeah, you. How we make it a win-win is like we we genuinely focus on that. Like I told you, we get we had to we have to make profit. We have to grow as a business. We have to take pull people like Todd in to as we continually grow. We have to manage these properties properly, and we have to design in um, uh, some of that profit. But I would say, uh, to, you know, on on that note, how we make that work is that we we care about them. You know, they they pay us pretty well. There's anywhere from eight to in our houses, there's anywhere from eight to 13 individuals living in a house, right? So we will chop up a house a little bit to make bedrooms out of the dining rooms. We'll do, we'll do whatever we've got to do to, to make the house work for them and not, you know, if, if, if somehow the house fails and we've got to go sell it again, we don't want to cut it up too much and, and, and give ourselves a giant project on the other side if we've got to sell it. But at the same time, uh, we we make sure we make sure there's more bedrooms than the normal house so that we can fit more humans in there than than most people do and how we make that work is i mean they, they pay us pretty well they they use what's called an ees structure so each person in the house pays their equal expenses share um they either pay weekly or monthly on that ees and so um it can be it can be anywhere from 400 bucks a month to like in northern california where our, where we've got a couple of houses it can be close to a thousand dollars a month uh, to, for each person to live there. 
they they take some utilities and they, they pay for all the utilities they take some stuff off the top of that eds to pay for the house but as a whole they pay us pretty well to live there so and who's um, paying you is it oxford or is it the tenants the people in the house so oxford house is a model uh that gets the that fills the house right it's a they interview to fill the house and they get uh they get people from uh, you know, from, from drug court people from on the other side of the most, the most, uh, prevalent places we, we work are where they have really good treatment facilities. So they'll, they'll inpa inpatient treatment, and then they'll go into an Oxford house on the other side of inpatient treatment. So, um, yeah, they, they pay themselves. Sometimes they'll get vouchers on, on initial move in, but they have to get a job and they have to pay their own way if they're going to continue living in an Oxford house. Got it. Got it. And if they don't, if they don't keep up with that, then it's on Oxford to remove them or how does that work? Yeah, that's the house accountability. So like it takes you, it takes an 80% vote to be able to move into a house. The people in the house have to vote you at an 80% clip to move in. And they'll it takes interview a 50%. You, like, what they, they, they interview, they inter they'll interview the resident, like the potential person yeah. moving in. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. They want to make sure you're not, you're not walking in off the street, still strung out. They want to make sure that you've got a few things in order uh, that you're, that you're going to be able to keep their model and stay sober. Cause if you don't stay sober, you're, you're done. If you don't do your chores, you don't work there. If you miss your curfew, they'll literally change the door lock. Wow. So that's the culture that they've created in these homes where these men and women begin to own this culture of like, Hey, this is what we expect if you move in here. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, mostly what I also what I would say, like you said, there's a bunch of investors listening to this. So one thing we've run up against is that picture like picture a social worker. That's an that's an that's an outreach worker. So what I say is service first. And I, I mean it like you have to prove that you love on them to be an investor for them. You have I mean, you've got to You've got to prove it and figuring out how to prove that. Like I looking back on it, I can't believe that God it, just landed Todd in my life because so many different people, buddies included, are like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm looking in Tennessee. I see that they got some Oxford houses in Tennessee. Like, how do I how do I buy an Oxford house and I and I lease it to them? It's like, well, you probably need an introduction because like you can find them online. You can find a person's number online, but that social that that outreach worker probably works 100 hours a week and probably is working with six different investors already. And from our experience, four or five of those six investors, I mean, quite frankly, are just are, 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 are not worthy of being of, of owning those houses like they treat people like crap. If there's a water heater busted, they're like, well, you can probably deal with cold water for a while. The air conditioner goes out. They're like, that sucks. Sounds hot. Um, you know, we run into that all the time. They're like, oh, it's an Oxford house. They'll be fine. And um, and we buy houses and they move out of those houses and into our houses where they're going to be treated well. So in penetrating those people's lives you have to show up and serve them so like the only reason we started going around the country is because todd's like you guys these guys are these guys genuinely do love us they they care about us they care about make our model they care about what we're up to and we need more people like this who can do this nationally and that's how we kind of got our foot in the door we still continue to have to prove ourselves in every region to every outreach worker because they've been burnt so many times by so many humans that are out to profit from them right right yeah, I mean, you, you have a long-term view of this game. It's not just how can we profit from a house or investment, but how do we really, you, you started there, right? Like we want to own not just five of these, but 400 of these and, and more. I mean, what is your goal? How, how many of these will you own over the next five years? Yeah, I made my, like I told you about unemotional, I made my goal about beds. So 
I made my goal a thousand beds. Um, and I, and I honestly, my vision at first, I felt like that was like, like, oh my gosh, can we get to a thousand beds? That's like a hundred houses, you know? And now as we like have, have put together the systems and, and built them, um, that thousand beds should happen pretty fast, should be happening next year. So yes, yeah, so, too small, man. To next step, exactly. I'm in. I'm in the process of upgrading my goals. My my partner would tell you uh, that the that the current goal is to buy a hundred million dollars worth of single family homes in the next three years. So I love it. So how much do you pay investors? What's your fund? Uh, our fund is we honestly work with one LP at this. So um, I think that they're, I haven't even looked at that in a while, but I think that their cash on cash return annually uh, outside of, outside of principal pay down and outside of, uh, outside of their equity. I think it's just north of 13% annually, oh, I think. Yeah, you have so one yeah, guy, it, it so works have one guy well. who's all this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good contact. Yeah. Uh, are you taking more investors? People probably want to know. That's, uh, I would say like once we, you know, for now we, we've got enough money to kind of like serve the need that we see um, uh, as we can, as our systems get better and as we get more people coming on, we'll, we'll be, we'll be looking for more money. Um, do you think yeah, right now, right now I think for, we're good. Do you think this is a good model for, you know, there's a, there's a huge crisis in terms of affordable housing across our country right now, you know, and, and not a great place for lower income residents to go? I mean, do you think this is a replicatable model to help in say in places like Phoenix or San Diego or Northern California, for example, where it's can be really, really difficult to find an affordable unit? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, so the Oxford House model is is interesting in that so they can, you know, the, most most municipalities have rules about how many non-related individuals can live in a single family home, right? Right. Um, and so with the Oxford House model, everything has to be a single family home. And they can have, they can have, up, you know, up to 16 people that, that live in a single family home that are that are technically not related. But by Supreme Court precedents, they're related because they're, they're on the other side of treatment. So they have a disability, they have a, a, a disability with their addiction. And they run a democratic system within these houses. So they're literally by Supreme Court precedents is considered a family within these houses. Wow. So as far as as far as recovering addicts, yes, that's a this is absolutely a model for affordable housing that needs to grow. Um, Paul Malloy, who started Oxford House, would tell you that his goal is to have 10,000 Oxford houses by the time he's dead. And he's I think he's 89, something like that. So we got to get we got to get to work because there's like 3,100 homes. But, uh, you know, it, it needs to grow. Um, Phoenix is an area we've got a few houses they're, uh, um, they're, they're, uh, they're kind of on, they're kind of on hold right now, but, uh, Phoenix is an area that, uh, uh, that the model is working and, um, and that's, that's going well. It's somewhat new, but they're in 50 States now, all 50 plus five countries. So Oxford house model. Yes. I don't know about how it's, how it solves our normal, um, you know, low-income housing problem though for right. sure do you think there's a model to to replicate something like this in a motel conversion for example like if we converted a motel into kind of a longer stay multi-family do you think there's a way to replicate or even use oxford maybe not if they only do single family but what do you see a way to make something like this work because i love the vision i love how we're 
you're, you're helping people like seriously who need it desperately and you're providing a because what I love about Smile Man, you're not just providing housing, which is a huge need. You're providing a community and accountability, which is probably the the greater win in all of this. You know, like you're giving, sure. you know, it's just like anything, man. I did college ministry for six years, and these guys come to Christ, and they go back in the fraternity house. Well, what do you think happens? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. they're not walking with Christ for very long, that's for sure. And so yeah. you're you're giving them not just a second chance, but a way to, to really build a life. And so... I'm curious, like, do you, do you, could this work in multifamily? Why, why only single family houses? Yeah, I would say it's like, it's something's got to give, right? I think you're in the right headspace and something's, there's, there's some leaders that, uh, that need to make some, some affordable housing happen like that. Um, yeah, we've had our, we've, you know, we've had our, you know, eyes on the prize right now, which is continually build the system and continue to help these people. But we've definitely had some whiteboard sessions on like what's next because we see that as even the, the an issue with Oxford House. Like, yeah, you're totally right. Where you're the biggest need is making sure that you're you're actually accountable to your new life, right? Like you you're sometimes these people need to figure out how to brush their teeth every day day again. They need to figure out how to eat again. Let's be real. Like some of them are like, yeah, Twinkies are good for the next two weeks or whatever. You know, I haven't eaten in a while anyways. So like, you know, there's, there's a lot of life skills that have to be, have to be kind of poured back in, but the biggest need almost is like Oxford house is really, really good at what they do. And the need is on the other side of that, right? How do you move from where you're living with eight other, eight other individuals in a single family home? How do you get on your own two feet in a place like, like where I'm at in Snohomish County, Washington? How does that even work? A starter home is $480,000. Uh, 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 one bedroom apartment is going to cost you 1800 bucks, you know, like, how do you, how do you make that happen? Uh, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're kind of starting from the bottom, it's not an easy road. So I think that, I think that, you know, my head's in the same space your yours is, as far as moving forward, like, how do we make that model work? But I certainly don't have the answer yet, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great thought, man. So is on the back end, that is that is a great question. And now I'm curious. I mean, how, what is your testimony to people get? Do people get out of the Oxford House? I mean, what? How long are they there? Yeah, honestly, the the stats the stats on that um, kind of escape me right now. But there's some people stay in Oxford House forever, dude. They want to be a part of a recovery community, right? So there's there's a couple there's a couple guys that I met that have been in Oxford House for thirty plus years. You know, and they want to be a part of that model. They want to help other people recover. They want to, they want to do that whole thing, whole thing. And you seriously can, there's nothing saying you can't live in an Oxford house forever. So there's people that do, I would say for the most part, it's a, you know, we've watched, um, I don't, I don't know the stats, but we've watched people come in and out, in and out of our houses on a short-term basis and get back to a family living situation or something like that. Uh, we've watched other people come in who are just crushers at life and you can tell already we're going to figure it out. And then they figure it out and then they, they, you know, they get on to the uh, next thing, go get themselves a house or an apartment or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think so many times we, we can put people in a box, right? Like you're thinking recovering addicts. That was me at, at first. It was, was like, Oh, I, like I told you, I was like, wait a second, you're going to put drug addicts in this house, you know? Uh, but for me, I look back on, I look back on that first house and then the first nine girls that lived in there, there was four or five of them that you're like, Oh, they're going to be good. Like they'll, you know, they'll figure, they'll figure this out on the other side, but back into good jobs and things like that. Um, and it, 
I feel like you had it, I had it built up in my head. Like you put somebody in a box, like, Oh, they're, they're starting at the bottom as, as a recovering addict. It's like, no, there's a bunch of people who've been crushing life the whole time and have been taking pills behind your back the whole time. And then finally had a, had a come to Jesus moment or like, you know what, I'm done with this and I need to be around people in recovery. And so they go into an Oxford house, they can easily pay their way. They didn't lose their job. They didn't lose their stuff. They can easily pay their way. And then they get into a system of recovery and then they get back on with their lives. So there's people in all walks of life that, that need to recover from addiction. So mm, that's powerful, man. Jerry, what would you give man advice wise or thoughts? I'm just thinking about this because what you guys have done and I, you know, I, uh, I talk about this concept that money flows to value. And I think that sometimes we uh, forget how much value there is in, in, in caring for those who are in need. And, and sometimes even kind of, but I think the, problem is we don't see it as like well how do we make this profitable it's like oh you know like you could have created a nonprofit, but you guys created a for-profit a business which i love i don't know like if people are hearing this or listening to this advice you would give to them and and thinking about you know creating value that also is impacting people's lives i mean especially from a kingdom standpoint man i mean I, does that make sense like what, what the perspective or even how you were thinking to be able to see an opportunity like this early on at that first house and really create a business around that. Like, what was your mindset? What do you have to be really looking for? What is the proper headspace for really seeing that, like looking for opportunity to value and things like this, and then really turning into a profitable business? Awesome. Um, Man, like I'm, a, I'm a, uh, I'm a guy who figured out how to to pour myself out until empty, uh, for quite a while, and, and I feel like that was a lot of my church life and a lot of, um, the church that I that I saw. Like I, I came to Christ later in later in life, you know, in my late twenties, and I feel like I learned how to pour myself completely to empty, uh, pretty early on, and continually do it. It was the cycle that I saw people in the church would just give their give, 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 and, um, and just, just be on empty financially, emotionally, uh, physically, just, you can, you can see it when you're running on empty. Right. And I, and I truly believe in a, in having a giving spirit and that God is going to bless that. Right. And so you've got to look at things in terms of, I completely agree that money flows to value. I completely agree with that. And then with that heart though, once I started, once I changed my mindset to, to look, to be like, all right, the kingdom in, in, in America cannot move forward without some money. Like I can't move my life forward without some, without proper financing. I can't figure these things out without, you know, I, li I live in America. Like we, how are we, how are poor people supposed to help poor people, um, when you look at all the money on the other side fighting against us, that's kind of where, where I'm at. So I had that giving, God had just dumped into me that giving spirit. I gave my time, talents, I gave everything to, to, the, to the local church. And then, like, I had this epiphany, like I said, where it's like, I, I've got to figure out a way to profit. I've got to figure out a way to make passive income so that I can keep doing this. I can't be a financial drain on my family. I can't be a financial drain on the church. I, there's that's that's not the model I see so I had to figure out a way to use my spirit of giving time and talents uh to to make it profitable so at first it started with uh like the first step was like oh man 
this guy, this guy's really in a bad way with his father-in-law that just passed away in this really, really crappy house. Like I can, here's, here's where I can help, dude. I can, I can offer, I can offer to list your house on the MLS for X amount of dollars, but I can also work with a couple of buddies at church and we can buy your house and we can, you know, we can flip it. You get, you have choices. I want to help you out of this terrible situation with this disastrous house. You know, I think that's, that's where I started was, was like, wait a second, I can, I can profit and help this dude with mm-hmm. this, with this first flip, you know? Um, and that's where like, that's where like it started. And then obviously, you know, God just compounds the vision. I feel like clarity begets clarity. And as long as you just keep taking one step after another, God's going to make that clarity happen. And for me, that was the start it was like, you know, giving and then, and then um, found a way to be giving and profitable. I love that. Man. I love so, that. I love that. Dude, I'm I'm stoked about what you guys are building, man. I just think it's a it's an incredible model that you're not having to um trade profit for influence or profit for impact, that you've really you've really created a way and a value system that does both. And um love love this idea that you're working with the Oxford House. Um man, if people want to learn more about your model or just even kind of hear more about this maybe they're trying to do something similar in their local market would you be okay if they reached out to you and how can they do that yeah 100 fine um the i would say probably the, all of my king's council buddy like it seems like the instagram is a is a big deal so i've been paying attention to that some uh i'm on linkedin you can find me jared galdi on linkedin uh i think it's called i think it's galdi thoughts on uh on instagram um, G-A-L-D-E thoughts, right? Yeah, Galdi thoughts on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. And your website, what you guys have a website for this? Nope. Okay. Like I said, if I needed more investors, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, Jared, loved it, man. Love having you on. Guys, for you know, for anyone who's listening, there's so many we, we there's so many things we took away from this. I mean, going back to to, to the idea of profit. Uh, and how important it is to have margin? I mean, think about just in this business impact cash flow, right? Like the 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 reason they can help so many people. I mean, if they're at forty homes and ten people, that's that's four hundred people that they're they're literally giving a start for. Why? Because they figured out a business model that can be profitable to pay investors to help grow and create this business. That's why this focus on profit. I think the last couple episodes. Uh, has been so key because you can't grow you can't scale you can't have the impact to fulfill the dreams you want to do in your business without this focus on margin and profit so that was a huge takeaway for me and then just this concept that money flows to value and that when we can figure out ways to create value um the money will flow to that i mean they have a single investor just bankrolling all of their deals i think that that's incredible to see and to hear and so i hope that gives encouragement uh to you and to your business definitely reach out to jared uh, say that one more time, man. Um, what was your Instagram handle one more time? Galdi thoughts, G A L D E thoughts, Galdi thoughts. Uh, so, Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, if you got as much value as I did from this, then go please leave a five-star written review, scroll down to the bottom of iTunes, hit five stars and click write a review and just let us know what you got from this. Uh, it really goes a long ways to really hear uh, about the impact. Just saw a review the other day where a guy said that he, uh, he saw the, the, the show and he listened to the first 12 episodes on a binge. And just cause he had never really understood this concept that you can be profitable as a kingdom leader and as a kingdom business. And so it's things like that, reading out, reading reviews like that, that 
are incredible to hear and see. And so those really go a long way. So if you would, please take a minute to go do that and then share that on Instagram, share that on LinkedIn, connect with us there. Thanks everyone for your time. Thanks to your brother. Blessings to you guys, man, up in Washington. I need to come see you guys soon. So uh, thanks again. Cheers, everyone. Talk, see you next week. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the Kingdom rei.com to learn about our mastermind if you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that cheers